0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today want to talk to you about baggage and really this this series what we've been talking about is really unpacking really things in our lives that we carry with us to really hinder us from really becoming who God has called us to be. And we've talked about different things throughout the last few weeks. And uh, today I wanna talk to you about a very important topic that I believe all of us in the room and online, every human on the planet deals with. But the text for our whole series is Hebrews chapter 12. And starting in verse one, it says, therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Uh, let us lay aside every weight, the baggage, the things that we carry. Let, it, let us lay aside, why? Because it's hindering us so that we can run the race that is set before us. And so today I wanna talk to you about a baggage, I believe that, again, that it really affects all of us in different ways and in different seasons. And I wanna talk to you today about the baggage of insecurity, the baggage of insecurity. I believe this is vital uh, as, as a, I'll, I'll say it this way. I think insecurity is a poison in our world. I think insecurity is a poison in our culture. I think we've gotten to a place where we feel like insecurity is just a part of what we're to walk with and do with. And that's not the case. That's baggage in our lives. And you know, I wanna talk to you today about the story of Moses. Many of you know he was an incredible leader. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. Millions of people he led out of Egypt. But before he ever did that, he was on a mountain and God begins to speak to him and God begins to call him and tell him, I want you to go and and help me set the Israelites free. Well, Moses, being the great leader that he was, he gives... God about fifty reasons why not me, and he gets he's he's got all kind of insecurity that we see in his life, and he's showing us things that will hinder us if we're not careful on what God is calling us to. God was giving Moses a purpose. He was he had a plan for Moses, and he's given him this vision. He's telling him what I want you to do, and insecurity quickly starts to hinder that. And that can happen in our lives. This baggage of insecurity that we all carry in some form can hinder us from really, one, being who God has called us to be, but then also hindering us from doing what God has called us to do. I wanna show it to you in Exodus chapter three and verse nine and 10. Look. This is God speaking to Moses. The cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I've seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. Now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. He's saying, Okay, I want you to go. I want you to do it. He says, I'm sending you. In fact, he doesn't just say, I'm sending you. He says, I want you to go now. He says, Now go. I want you to know, God is calling you to do something. This is it. Moses, this is your shot. Well, here's what happens. Immediately after this, five different times, Moses asks God or gives God a reason why it shouldn't be him. And I wanna show you these things because I believe these are things that will hinder us if we're not careful in our lives. The very next scripture in verse 11, it says, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? Of Egypt, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Here's what insecurity does. Insecurity will cause us to question who we are. He says, who am I? Let me explain why he says, who am I? He wasn't saying, who am I? Like he was expecting God to say, you're that's not what he's talking about. He, he wasn't saying, God, I, who am I, what's my name? No, he was saying, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and to Egypt to bring out the Israelites? Why was he saying this? He, because he was once in Egypt. He had a reputation in Egypt and they knew him as a certain person. And so he said, no, you don't understand the reputation I have, you don't understand who I am. Who am I now that what they know of me, I won't be a lead them out of Israel. I won't be a lead them out of Egypt. And here's what happens. Oftentimes, this is what insecurity does. Insecurity will cause us to look at ourselves and allow us to cause our past to define who we are now in the present and in the future. We say, well, no, you don't understand my reputation. You don't know what I used to do. Or, you know, you don't understand what, what I used to go through. Or, you don't know the relationship I once was in. Or you don't know the mistakes I made. Well, here's what happens. I love God because God doesn't say, no, I'm basing your identity on what you've done. He says, I'm basing your identity on what I've done for you. Amen. See, we don't, we, our, our identity is not based in who we are, it's in who he is. And so here's what happens though. Oftentimes we'll begin to question ourselves because we know the things that we've done. We know the situations we've walked through. We know the thought processes and we say, no, 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 God, you don't understand the reputation. You don't understand, I, that, that's, I can't do that. That's not, what, I, that's not for me. You gotta you got find somebody else. God, I, you, you, my friends they, and my family members, they, they knew me as a certain way back in the day. Now, yeah, I've been trying to live right, but God, you don't know, they still see me like that. So I don't know if I'm qualified. God's not looking for qualified. He's looking for people that are willing just to be willing to follow him. And oftentimes, we here's what we do. Oftentimes, we allow our identities to be in one, what was once, who we once were, Or also, it could not just be in who we once were, it also could be in what we do now. We can base our identity on a position or a job title. And so here's what happens. If our identity is in a job position or a title, here's what happens. When we lose that, we lose ourselves. See, God is the rock. He is the foundation. We find ourselves in him and no one else. And then when we do that now, we can be secure not insecure. We can be secure because we know that he's a, he's a rock that is unshakable. See, I, I can relate to Moses. Many of us in this room that have passed, all of us in this room and online who have passed, we can relate to Moses. I'll remember I remember I was a little bit, I was in, had been in college, and I remember I, I got this letter in the mail and I saw this video, and I, I really started feeling like I should go, to, go into this Bible college and go into ministry. And so, you know, I can relate to Moses. Uh, m- my lifestyle wasn't really pastor material. Come on, somebody. And so I'll never forget, true story. I remember I was sending out letters to my family members to raise support, to try to support myself to go to this college and, and do these things. And so I sent out all these letters. I'll never forget I got a phone call, and this is when we had house phones. I'm showing my age. Come on, somebody. And we had house phones, and the phone rings, and, and, and someone answers the phone, and my family member answers the phone, and, and it, it was my aunt. And my aunt wants to talk to me. And she says, get Jordan on the phone. I got to talk to Jordan. I say hello. As soon as I say hello, my aunt starts laughing. Just hysterically laughing. I mean, she's like laughing like belly roll. Can't talk laughing like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like hysterically laughing. And I'm like, aunt, are you okay? She's like, Jordan, this is so funny. Oh my gosh, Jordan, this is so funny. And she's just laughing for a good two minutes on the phone. I'm like, what's so funny? What's going on? What's the deal? And she's like, Jordan, I I got your letter about you wanting to go to Bible college. This is so funny. Okay, aunt. And she's like, Jordan, I just want to let you know. She said, all the children in our family, out of all the kids, she said, everybody, not every single one of them, there was a lot of us. You know what I'm saying? My parents and my uncles and aunts, they loved each other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> too much? Too much? Sorry. <laughs> I didn't say that in the first service. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> She's laughing. She's hysterically laughing. Here's what she says. She says, Jordan to all the kids, everybody, all the kids. She's like, you are the last one of them that I would have thought was gonna be going into ministry and trying to go to Bible college. Okay, aunt. <laughs> and I, st- I was like, uh, is, is that good or bad? And here's the thing, she knew my reputation of who I was. And so here's what happened. It could have easily hindered me from stepping into what God was calling me to do and who he was calling me to become. Oftentimes, this is how we are. We have a friend, a family member, a situation where we can remember who we once were. And if we're not careful, we'll allow our identity to stay there instead of saying, no, my identity is in Christ and in Christ alone. And so now I can step into what he's calling me to do. We're not defined by our past. We're not defined by our past relationships. We're not defined by a past mistake or uh, situation. That's the God that we serve. But oftentimes, if we're not careful, we will get caught up in the situation of finding our identity and our past when that was never what God had called us to do. And here's what we know. We'll never know who we are if we don't first know whose we are. We'll never know who we are if we never know first whose we are. I'm a son of God before I'm a pastor of people. I'm in relationship with God and being with him more so than I am talking about him to people. It's understanding this and knowing who we are. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 13, it says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked, what is his name? Then what? Shall I tell them? This is Moses talking to God. And he says, what if they ask me who you are? He says, what if they ask me? Not only what do they ask me, he, said, he, he, says, he says, what is your name? What, what, what do I say? And this is what insecurity does. It causes us to question who we are, but then it causes us to question who God is. See, here's what we know. Our identity is not in who we are. Our identity, we have to first know whose we are. We can't know whose we are if we don't know who he is. We have to first know who he is in our life. You may be in a place in this room and you are far from God. All good, online. You may be far from God. You may not know God. I want to encourage you. True identity starts with knowing who he is. Because we can't be secure in something that we know nothing and have no relationship with. See, here's why I'm secure in God. Because I know he's with me. But not only do I know he's with me, I know he's for me. And so even in my mistakes, even in my struggles, even in my insecurities, in my situations, in my struggles, I know he's with me and he's for me. And so I can be secure, not in myself, but in him. I have to know who he is. And here's what happens. As humans, we're going to look to someone for identity. As humans, we are going to look to someone. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves. Are we looking to Christ for our identity? Are we looking for others around us for our identity? This is where the comparing thing comes in. Oh, my goodness. Are we in a generation, in a culture where we love to compare? We on social networks and all we're doing is scrolling and seeing what everybody else is doing. And all we're saying is, why not me? We're looking at other people's vacations and we're looking at other people's businesses and we're looking at other people's cars and we're looking at other people's clothes and we're looking at other people's uh, boyfriends or girlfriends. We're looking at other people's children. We're looking at all, all these things. And here's what we know. If we're not careful, I believe this, social networks can become a breeding ground for insecurity. A breeding ground. And so what we have to be careful of is understand, I'm not saying don't get on social networks. I believe in social networks. It's a connection point for all of us. But if we're not careful, we allow them to become comparisons for us. And here's what happens. When we compare ourselves with others, it will only bring insecurity. Actually, I'll go a step further. It brings two things. It will either bring insecurity or it will bring pride. It will either say, I'm not as good as, or I'm better than. And if we're not careful... That this is that's just what happens in our lives. And so I would encourage you to understand, this is why we don't make people the standard, we make God the standard. And so now I'm not looking to you for my portion, I'm looking to, for God for my portion. Let me explain, God gives all of us a portion in life. Everybody's portion is different. And I don't, when I say portions, I don't mean food on your plate. You know what I'm saying? But what I mean by that is we all have different portions in life, meaning you may have a portion where you have a certain amount of money or you have a certain amount of kids. You have, this is your portion in life. And here's what happens. God desires for us to be good stewards of that portion. When we start to look at someone else's portion what happens is it makes us insecure about our portion from being insecure about our portion here's what happens we become we begin to have not we begin to not have good stewardship with the portion we have and stuff starts to fall apart our marriages start to fall apart. Our, 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 our parents, we, we start to parent wrong. We start to, we start, our, our emotional life falls apart. Our mental life falls apart. Why? It's because we're not being satisfied within our portion. And here's what's crazy. The only portion that will truly satisfy is the one that you have. The only portion that will ever satisfy us on this planet is the one we have. Why? Because it's the one God has given it to us. And so if he's given us this portion, bigger or smaller, he knows this is what will truly satisfy us if we will stay in our portion. But we start to compare. We start to see what so-and-so's doing. We start to see the outfits so-and-so's wearing. We start to see the trips so-and-so's going on. We start to see all this stuff and we start to say, why not me? Well, here's the thing. That's not my portion. And if we're not careful, again, if we're not careful, it can cause us to lose focus of what God is calling us to. And here's what happens. We begin to become insecure in that and things start falling apart. We start to question who God is. Let's make him the standard. This is what Moses did. He says, who are you? What's your name? Exodus chapter four in verse one, it says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? This scripture is so interesting to me. The God of the universe, the creator of the world, is legitimately out loud. We're not talking about in our hearts. Now, oftentimes, God speaks to us in our hearts. The Holy Spirit does. This is verbal conversation. God is speaking to him out loud. And he says, what if they say, the Lord never appeared to you. This is what insecurity does. It causes us to question who we are, it causes us to question who God is, but then it also begins to cause us to question the wrong voices. He said, What if they say, meaning the Israelites and the Egyptians, what if they say? Shouldn't he have been saying, What do you say? The God of the universe, he's hearing him speak and he is concerned about someone else's voice. This is what happens to us oftentimes with insecurity. We begin to, here's what happens. We start to become so concerned of what, what people think of us that what they think causes us to begin to shift the way that we think and live. And here's what happens. It causes us to then step outside of how we're called to live and what we're called to do. And this is why we shouldn't be questioning what, it, we shouldn't be questioning what, if, what do they say? We should be questioning what does he say? What does God say about you? I know this. If you don't know what God says about you, I know this. You will listen to some other voice in your life. What does God say about you? What does the the word say? The Bible says you're loved. The Bible says he's for you. The Bible says there's all different promises and all different scripture that shares with us what God says about us. But I know this, if we're not careful, if, we, if we'll get to the place, if we're not allowing God's voice to speak to us, we'll allow other voices to begin to shift. And instead of questioning that voice, we start, we're, we're questioning God's voice in our life. Does God really love me? Does God really care about me? I don't know. I've been single for two years. If God really loved me, and he really cared about my situation. I've been sick in my body for years. If he really cared about me, here's what we're doing. We're starting to question the wrong voice. And so this is why it's important for us as Christians, as believers, if you call yourself a believer, that we should always be saying, okay, no, it's not what is God's. It's, it's, I'm questioning the voices that they're saying. When people say you're not good enough, let me not believe that. Hold on a second. Is that the right voice to listen to? Let me question the right voice so that I know that I can continue to continue to be secure in who God has called me to be. We begin to people please. We start to people please where their voice matters so much to us, we begin to shift to please them. So all rooted in, in insecurity. And I believe this. Hear me, hear me, hear me. I believe this. I believe, I'll say it this way. I, I think. I'll say say it like this. I I think that people pleasing is a poison. And I think, hear, hear me, hear me. I think people pleasing is a poison that will lead us to the disease of insecurity. And so here's what we do. Well, so and so thinks this about me in my life, and especially young people in the room. You get to get around a crowd of people, and you start getting around the wrong voices. The next thing you know, your lifestyle and your standards begin to shift because of what everybody else around you is doing. Well, no, well, well, I know it's not may not be the right thing, and then we get around the right friends, the wrong friends, and we start getting around all these people. And next thing you know, here's what happens: we start to justify why we're doing it, not question why we're doing it. No, it's fine. Like, it's all good. Like, no, I'm just like being Jesus in the clubs. No, you ain't. You know, you ain't being no Jesus in no club. Jesus wouldn't wear that. Mm mm. And Jesus surely wouldn't. Never mind. I'm stopping. Stop. 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 Let's move on. Let's move on. Here's what happens. We, be, we become so concerned with the circle around us. And this isn't just for college students, adults as well. We can get to the place of in our jobs, in our workplace, in our neighborhoods. We start to shift things and not speak of things because we, we, we want to please people. We don't want to offend anybody. I'm not saying being mean and harsh. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is that we would be a people that understand and live by the standards in which God has called us to. And we don't let someone else's opinions change that about us. I remember about 10 years ago, I was a youth pastor, and I was at this youth conference in Vegas. and Yeah, I know, a youth conference in Vegas, come on. <laughs> what were those guys doing? <laughs> I'm goofing off too much. Okay, and I remember being at a youth conference, and one of the nights as the... As the session ended, you know, Vegas is, oh, y'all know for those that have been, Vegas is open all night. So they're like, hey, let's go to the Strip, this really tall building. Like we, this, this really tall building. And actually many of you probably know this. If you go to the, like the tallest building in Vegas, you can actually actually bungee jump out of it. I don't know if y'all knew that. Well, it's true. Okay. And so one of my youth friends who's a youth pastor, there's about four of us. One of my friends who's a youth pastor, he's like, bro, we should bungee jump out of that building. Building. I was like, Mm-mm, no. And and he's like, no, dude, I'm telling you, we got to do it. And so what I did is any smart person would do, I looked at the prices and I was like, "Mm, bro, I'm a youth pastor. Like, I don't make any money. Like, it's too expensive, too expensive. And so what he does is being the smart guy that he is, he calls one of his friends who works there. His friend's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all just come up. I'll let you go for free. (laughs) I said, oh, Jesus, help me. And, and no kidding, true story. And so and it's a, it's a, we go it this elevator, this tallest building. And some of you that you've been there, you know, it's a huge, I mean, it's, it's tall, okay? And I don't, I don't like heights. for those that don't know, I don't really like heights. And so the way they do it is, because it's so tall, and because it's, I don't know, something to do with, I don't know. But they put you in this like room, it's all glass, and it's sealed, and you can only do one at a time because you can't go out like far enough out on the rail because if you do, like, you'll, like, fall off. And so they put you in this sealed box. It's glassed up, and the next person goes. And as they go, you get in this box, and you're, like, sitting there. It's like, you're just, and, like you're gla- and, like, you're watching your friend. All of a sudden, you just see him go. <laughs> and I'm in this glass box. There's nobody else. There's no, it's, I'm like, I wonder if this is soundproof because I'm about to start praying real loud. <laughs> I'll never forget. The, the, the door opens and it's like this big huge like like suck suck thing of the, and I'm like and so the two people y'all know for anybody does any type of amusement things you know the people that work there don't give a rip about you you know what I'm saying like I get out there and I'm like bro like y'all chill and, and the dude's like come on hurry up hurry up get over here get over here strap on he's like yanking me I'm like bro I'm about to die I wasn't happy I had to repent afterwards and I never forget. True story. True story. If if you've done this, you know they make you walk out, and then like you t- the ropes behind you, and like what they make you do is they make you go all the way down, and you got to lay flat, like with the air, like your feet still there, and then you like sky Jesus. <laughs> and so no kidding, the guy's like, all right, just, just start leaning. We got you. Start leaning, and I was like. No, no kidding. And the rails came all the way. Out. True story. The rails came. I know I'm goofing off too much. We got to actually like talk about Jesus, okay? But, but like the rails come all the way out, and like and the edge is right here, and like the rails right here. So that you're supposed to hold on till you get to the edge, and you let go. You go. No kidding. True story. Like I get to the edge, and my hands here. I could not even think to let go of the railing. I actually grabbed with the other one. I'm like, ah! Oh! I was like holding on with the railing. Finally, the dude's like, bro, you gotta let go. I was like, dude, I'm not letting go. So he like kicked me out of it, <laughs> and I fell. Praise God. I'm still alive today to talk about it. I know that's a funny story, but oftentimes, for young people in the room especially, this is how we live our lives. We oftentimes will do things, say things, get around places and and, and certain situations that we would never normally do. But because our circle's doing it, we feel like we just gotta be a part of it. And then we regret it afterwards. And so this is why it's so important to understand the poison of people pleasing will cause us to become so insecure that we'll end up actually living out a way we don't want to live out and we're choosing to do it. This is why it's so important that we don't find our security in a group of individuals. We find our security in one individual and that's Christ alone. This is what Moses did. instead of of understanding that God was speaking to him and him being secure in what God was saying, he was concerned about voices of others in his life. We gotta hurry up. Exodus chapter four and verse 10. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue tied and my words get tangled. We start to question not only just who we are, not just who God is, not just the voices in our life, but also we begin to question our abilities. He says, Right here, I'm not very good. See, oftentimes we can carry this weight, this expectation that it's on us to be good enough. I love the Lord because the Bible says, Yet while we were still sinners, I didn't have to do something to be loved. He loved me where I was. And here's what we know. It's the same thing with you and I. It's not in our abilities. We don't have to try to work something up. We don't have to try to be good enough. We don't have to try to worship this certain way. We don't have to try to read a bunch of scriptures. No, you are loved right where you are in your life. This is the God we serve, and this brings such security in our lives. Exodus chapter four and verse 13. It says, but Moses again pleaded, Lord, please. Send someone else. Here's what happens it's the five things that we question him with insecurity. He questioned who he was, he questioned who God was, he questioned the wrong voices, then he questioned his abilities. And lastly, we begin to question our purposes. Our purpose. We question our purpose. He said, Lord, please send somebody else. He got so deflated in his insecurity that he said, Let somebody else do it. Somebody, some, let somebody else talk to my friend. I'm not, I, I'm not good enough and I, I don't know the Bible enough and so let somebody else share, share about with my friend at school or my coworker. Let somebody else be the influence. Just, I just, can't, just let somebody else do it. And we start to question the very purpose of the, of the, really the purpose of why we are on this planet to be light to those around us. So I gave you five things of what insecurity is and what it does. Now, let me quickly give you a couple things that we see on how to overcome insecurity. Because I don't want to just say, oh, insecurity's bad, bad, insecurity bad. I want to be a person that always has given you practical application to help you really overcome these things in our lives. And I love the Bible. If you really take time to study your word, I'm telling you, it is, it is packed full of practical application on how to do what God is asking us to do. And I love this because Moses says all these things and immediately God answers him and gives him practical application. And we're gonna give you the exact application God gave Moses, I'm gonna give you today. Very quickly, right here, as I close today, Exodus chapter three and verse 12, it says, and God said, I will be with you. This is God's response. I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. He said, God said, I will be with you. How do we really overcome insecurity? First, we have to know God is with us. He is with you. And not only God is God with you, he's for you. No matter where you go, no matter where, you, where you've been, no matter where you end up, God is is with you and he is the one that we put our trust in. Exodus chapter three and verse 14 says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is why, this is what you must say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. Moses says, what's your name? What should I tell him? Like, what do I say? Who, who do I say sent you? And he says, tell him, I am sent you. Okay, like what is that? God? Uh, like, you are what? Like, what are you? No, 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 Moses. Moses, just tell him. I am. Uh, 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 like, but like what? You're what? And see, I love this. God didn't say, tell him, I'm Savior. Why? Why? because then someone that already didn't that di- then someone that didn't need salvation but needed healing would say he's not for me. He said I am. Tell them I am, meaning this, whatever it is and wherever you are, I am it. If you need healing, I am healer. If you need provision, I am provider. If you need if you need restoration, I am restorer. If you need redemption, I'm forgiver if you need whatever it is you need I am and so here's what we know is so great oh my goodness I get so excited now we can rest in our security in him knowing that no matter what we face or what we do he is and he's got us because he's for us and he's with us I am we have to know he's I am then Exodus chapter 4 and verse 11 Then the Lord said I'm just telling you practical application what it is how we overcome insecurity Lord, asks Moses, who makes a person's mouth, who, desp- who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? How do we really overcome insecurity? We know he's with us, we know he's I am, and then also we know he works through us. He says, is it not I? See, oftentimes we carry this weight of having to do something, to be someone, when God is saying, no, it's actually me. It's him. He's working through me. And so now I can rest. I don't have to get all worked up and think, oh, my gosh, if I, if I don't get the grade I'm supposed to get, like, it's over, or if I don't get that promotion, I'm not going to be a foot. No, God is working through me, so now whatever he's calling me to, he's going to prepare me and equip me for whatever it is that I need. Now it doesn't mean that we don't work hard. It doesn't mean that we don't continue to work to be better. I'm, listen, I love leadership. I want to be the best leader I could possibly be. I am always studying and reading about leadership stuff. We have people in our church who are leadership gurus, and I dream of one day being even somewhat close to what those those guys and girls can do. But here's what I know: just because I want to be a better leader, it doesn't mean, okay, God, I'm just going to sit around. Okay, I'm just going to trust you. You're going to make me a better leader. No, I'll, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, God. I want you to be a be- make me a better leader. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to study. I'm going to read. I'm going to learn. And then from there, God, you're going to give me the gift to lead better. He does it through us. Does that make sense? Make sense? He works through us. Lastly, as we close today, Exodus chapter 4 and verse 14. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. Come on, somebody. We don't want to be there. And he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. How do we really overcome insecurity in our lives? We have to know he's with us. We have to know he's I am. We have to know he's the one doing the work. It's not us, it's him. And then lastly, we have to know he connects us with others. I love this because Aaron says, please send somebody else. And God doesn't say, all right, I'll just send Aaron. You're on your own. No, in fact... God saw the insecurity, and he said, okay, here's what I'll do. I'll send someone in your life. I'll put someone in your life, not to replace you, but to strengthen you. This shows us this. He connects us to others. How do we really overcome insecurity? We know who. We, we know that he's with us. We know he's I am. We know that without a shadow of a doubt in our lives that he connects us to others. And here's what we know. Here's what it is. Here's what it is. I love this in this scripture. He doesn't say, go find Aaron. He says, Aaron is coming towards you. Meaning this, God is so gracious to us that here's what he does. He allows people in our lives to be in our circles, in our worlds that we can just look up and we can say, would you walk with me? This is why small groups, we believe in small groups here at Experience Church so much so. Why? Because we can get around a group of people that we can walk through and we can we can share our strengths and our weaknesses and they can encourage us and strengthen us. Why? Because we are not meant to do life alone. Do not hear me today. I'm closing, I promise. Do not fight insecurity on your own. Do not hear me. And when I say that, even people that are married in the room, do not fight insecurity with just you and your spouse. Do not isolate your family. Hear me. Do not isolate your family. Why? Because I believe this. Isolation brings, I mean, it, it, it creates, it's a, it's a playground for insecurity. Why? Because all you got is here. And all this is the only thing talking. And let me tell you, let's be honest with each other. Up here. Like, you know, up here, you know. Like, nobody knows more than you how much of you are up there. Like, the person sitting next to you, if they knew, let's be honest, they wouldn't be next to you. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like. So hear me, hear me. Here's what insecurity does. Hear me. Here's what insecurity does. Insecurity says, I'll handle it. I'll just work through it. I'll get through it. No. God says, I'll, I, okay, I got Aaron. And all you got to do is look up. There's people around you in your life, I encourage you, there's people around you in your life that all you gotta do is look up and say, hey, would you walk with me? Let's walk together encouraging one another, strengthening one another, fighting for one another because we know that we are not meant to do life alone. Let us be a church, I'm closing, for the 20th time. Let us be a church that sees baggage and not just says, oh, it's a part of us. But that we would see baggage and we would say, I'm going to leave it behind. I'm going to work to leave this stuff behind. Why? Because I want to be secure in who God says I am. Amen. Can we pray today? Father?